Coming up. We should really, really be concerned when we stop sensing the presence of God. That's what David was crying about when he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He was saying, Lord, I don't feel you no more. And never should we want to be in that place. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. We've all been in situations where things did not turn out the way we had hoped or expected. Sometimes we lose focus or experience pain and difficulty. Well, take heart. In today's message, Pastor Robert reveals the many ways God is ever-present and always encouraging us. Here's the continuing message, God is the Great Encourager. He reminds them of the depth, the breadth of his power. Just how strong he really is, how mighty he really is, he tells them. And, and y'all can relate to the Israelites. That's probably not necessarily what they wanted to hear. <laughs> y'all, y'all know it's like, it's like uh, I'm oppressed. I'm living in caves. Every time I get to go, I, my, uh, 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 fruit just popped up and I'm about to grab it and eat it. And then somebody come and take it. Now, now I got to go back to the cave hungry. <laughs> Y'all, and, and you telling me about Egypt, what you did over there? It, they, they probably was thinking like we do sometimes when we cry out and things ain't going right. God start reminding us of what he had done. Was like, okay, that was good. That was cool back then. But what about right now? You know, y'all, y'all been there. You know, it's like, well, what about now, though, Lord? Yeah, that was, you know, you know well, what about now? Have you done for me lately, Father? It's a shame that we treat God like that. Just that, you know. And God is saying, "No, you need to look back about what I what I have done for you." And so we might not necessarily immediately see that as encouragement, but that just points to how jacked up we are. That's all. <laughs> That's all. And so we don't see this as encouragement. Now, see, look, look here. They are suffering because it's in a self, a self-afflicted oppression. They, they brought this on themselves. Okay, and now they're crying out, and God is reminding them of what the, He had done. And 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 you say, well, that might not be, feel like encouragement. Well, it's encouragement because at, it, just the fact that He even answered you. After you done turned your back on him, it's encouraging. Yeah, yeah y'all, yeah, yeah, you know, you've been there, you just you do somebody wrong, and you just do somebody wrong. You know, you just was wrong. You know, whatever it was, you was wrong. You was just absolutely everybody knowing you know you was wrong. And then you you see the person that you wronged. And then you you go home. And you go tell somebody, you know, I saw so-and-so. And they understand how you had done them wrong. And they ask you, what did they say? <laughs> I said hello. He said hello. Well, at least he answered you. Because <laughs> with the way you treated him, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The way you, what you did to him, the fact that he even answered, you ought to be happy. 
because that was just wrong what you did. And they turned their back on the living God after all he had done. He at least answered. He sent the prophet to tell him what God said. That's a blessing. That's a, that should be encouragement right there. I know I felt it before, you know, like if I did something wrong with my wife and I offended her and, you know, I'm like, you know, I thought oh, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And then from when I, so when I see her, I'm looking, I'm trying to see, okay, where, where, yeah, see y'all, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, okay, so where, where we at? You know, I come in the house, I'm trying, you know, do we make eye contact? Oh, at least she looked at me. <laughs> you, know, you know, she looked, you know, maybe, you know, and, and she smiled or she said hi or something. Y'all, I'm trying to feel, okay, how, how, how I'm going to fix this thing. <laughs> And so at least God responded to their cry after how they treated him. So they should be happy about that. When I was coaching basketball and I was the assistant coach, well, I, was, I had been head coach on other jobs, but when I was the assistant coach, if y'all don't know it, assistant coaches hear some stuff the head coach don't hear. Uh, if, if you don't know, I'm telling you now, the assistant coach will hear things the head coach won't hear. And they won't tell the head coach, but they'll tell the assistant coach. And some players would come to me and complaining about the head coach. And they would say, you know, Coach Scott, he always on me. He always, he's hard on me. He's always correcting me. He's always yelling at me. And you know what I used to tell him? I said, at least he's talking to you. Because <laughs> when he stopped talking to you, that's when you should be concerned. Because that means he's figured it's not even worth it no more. <laughs> and so you can, if, he, if the head coach stopped talking to you, I'm telling you now, he stopped talking to you, you might as well go sit at the very end of the bench because it's over. It's a wrap. When he's talking to you, he still have hope for you. He still feel like there's a chance for you to turn around and get better and make some adjustments. When he stopped talking, it's like he's at this point of like, okay, I only have so much time and so much energy. I'm not going to waste it on this person. I've been trying to get them to turn around. They haven't done it yet. So let me see if I can get one of these other players to do it. So I used to tell him, you, you need to be happy that he's still talking to you. Because when he stopped, that's when you should be concerned. This is why as a believer, not that God, not that God would act like we act, but we should really, really be concerned when we stop sensing the presence of God. That's what David was crying about. When he saw, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He was saying, Lord, I don't feel you no more. And never should we want to be in that place. Never want to be there. So God responded. We might be suffering in our relationships or suffering on our jobs, and we want God to do something. But don't miss the fact that 
it might be that we need to do something. Not that God needs to move. Because we haven't done or acted in a way that God says we should in these situations. And maybe that's where we need to correct ourselves. And that takes us to point two. Write this down. God encourages us with instruction. God encourages us with instruction. Um, Judges 6.10 goes on to say, um, I, when God said well, all that he had done for them, he says, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So God's instruction was telling them, he told them what he had told them to do and showed them, told them how they had done the opposite. I told you not to worship these gods, and you ain't listen. And that's the instruction. The instruction is stop serving those gods and serve me. That's the part you have to play. So sometimes while we're suffering, we act, we wanting God to do something. God is saying, you haven't done what I asked you to do. And the scripture tells us on our jobs to, in whatsoever you do, do as unto the Lord. Regardless of what kind of boss you got. You're supposed to work as if you're working unto the Lord, the scripture tells us. Sometimes we haven't done what God has already told us to do. Point number three, uh, God encourages us with words. God encourages us with words. Judges 6, 11 and 12 says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in, the, in Ophrah, that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, my mighty warrior. So here, again, Gideon is in the wine press threshing wheat to, to be out of the sight of the Midianites who going to who's going to destroy all the crops. Remember that. So he's trying to thresh this wheat so that they don't see him and take the wheat away. And he's in a wine press doing it covertly. And then God appears unto him. And he says some encouraging words. First thing he says, the Lord is with you. And then he says, he calls him a mighty warrior. God calls, <clears throat> God calls us what we are when he's with us. <laughs> he, he was a mighty warrior, not because he was really a mighty warrior. He's in a wine press threshing wheat. That ain't very mighty, and it is not warrior-like. But because God was with him, though, he's a mighty warrior. Because God is with you, you are a mighty warrior. 
But sometimes we don't act like God is with us. We just don't act like it. Not only do we not have an act like it in attitude, we don't have the mindset that he's with us, but the things that we do <laughs> is not like God is with us. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we, we do <laughs> the things that we say is, is, it is, is not words that we would say if God, if we, God was like standing right there, would you? You wouldn't say that, would you? You wouldn't even do that, would you? It's just, just, just like, you know, you wouldn't drive 90 and the police driving right beside you. You know, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. It, you know, it's just <laughs> and so we, we, we don't act like mighty warriors. But the angels told him, the Lord is with you. So you're a mighty warrior. And look how uh, Midian, uh, Gideon responds. It takes us to point number four. Number four, he encourages us in times of weakness. He encourages us in times of weakness. Judges 6, 14 through 16 says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. Save Israel out of Midian's hands, hand. And am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So look at Gideon. Gideon responds. He says, how can it be? How can I achieve what you have called me to do that you're sending me to do? This, this, Gideon says, this ain't making sense. I, I don't see two plus two ain't adding up to four in this equation. I don't see what you're saying, Lord, because he says, I am the weakest in my clan. I'm, my, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm weak. I'm, I'm the small folk. I'm small time. How you going to ask me to do something big? I can't do that. And then he says, I'm the least in my own family. I'm in the weakest clan of Israel. And I'm the least in the families of the weakest clan. So <laughs> how are you going to use me to do something great? He says, God said, because I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, you, you God, God, that's what he's telling you. Whatever it is that you, you got the mountain, the challenge that you have ahead of you, whatever it might be, God is saying, go get it done. And when you ask him how, how can it be? He said, because I'm with you. I will be with you. That's how you're going to do it. That's how it can be. That's how you can save Israel, Gideon. Because I'm with you. Now, <laughs> understand, Gideon was in a wine press 
threshing wheat because the Midianites was destroying everything, everything. And they had to live in caves. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. So when God told him, I'm with you, it didn't look like God was with him. And this is why the story goes on like it goes on. Just like in your life, you, you, God says he's with you, but you don't, you, you're not feeling it. You're not sensing it. And so you just you think you keep running into dead ends and that there's no hope. God is saying there's still always hope. That's why God's the great encourager. He's a great encourager. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, um, but he said to me, this is Apostle Paul, when he had prayed three times for the thorn in the flesh to be removed, um, God responded to him. He said, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. In weakness. So God is telling, told Paul, like he told Gideon, yeah, you're the weakest you're in weakness now, but because I'm with you, that's when I demonstrate my power in your weakness. That's when I demonstrate my power. And he told Paul the same thing. My power is perfect, made perfect in your weakness. So don't let weakness hold you back. Point number five. God encourages us supernaturally, supernaturally. So understand, Gideon's having a harder time making this mental shift. It was, a, it was tough, just like for us. It's been, it's been tough mental shifts we had to make. It was a tough mental shift. So Gideon, Gideon says, you know what, Lord, I hear you. I hear, I hear all of that. I, I, okay, I hear you, but I'm still not there yet. And so the text reads, Gideon, uh, Judges 6, 36-40, Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. Okay. Now, yeah. why you got to put it on the threshing floor, Gideon? <laughs> well, why can't you put it somewhere else? Why you got to put it in the place where you was hiding at? Get in. Y'all been there? It's like, you know, God is, God is telling you to step up, step out, step out on faith. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. But then, you, you know, you, you, get, you, you get that Nicodemus syndrome, you know. Nicodemus, he wanted to go talk to the Lord, but he had to go at night. You know, he just wasn't, he wasn't bold enough to talk to him during the day. Y'all been there where God told you to step out and... And so you did, you know, but it was still kind of like, you know, hidden, you know, it's like you ain't really like out there, but, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, yeah, 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 you know, you just, you know, I'm just going to put a toe in the water and God said, no, I want you to jump all in. Well, I just put a toe in the water. Gideon says, Lord, I'm going to put a wool and put some wool on the, in the threshing floor on the, in the, <laughs> And, and, and but see, God's a great encourager. He, you know, he just he walks with us. He's patient with us. He, and the text says it reads on. 
<clears throat> he says, uh, verse 37, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. <clears throat> and that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out a, the dew, a bowl full of water. So God did it. God had already told him that I'm with you. You're a mighty warrior. Go. And Gideon said, I, I need a little more proof. Yeah, come on. I know you've been there. You just, you've been trying and say, I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Let me see, you know, about this. God did it. Then verse 39, then Gideon said to God, do, do not be angry with me. Let me make one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. Now, I, I want to pause for a moment because Gideon is asking God to do something supernatural. That's why the point is God will encourage us supernaturally. It is not natural for dew just to go to the fleece of wool and not to the rest of the ground. You ever went outside your house in the morning and saw dew only in one spot? It don't happen like that. So this was a supernatural act. He's acting God to do something supernatural. And guess what? God did it. That's a great encourager. He did it. You ever made a bold request to somebody for something? Negotiating a car purchase, a home purchase, or something, and you're like, you know what? I'll give you this for it. And you didn't think they ever would? You, 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 but and then it happened? you like, and I don't know about you, when it happened like that to me, I don't thank them. I mean, I thank them, but I, I thank God because I know it was God. It was God that made my bold request come to pass. Not the person. He used the person to bless me. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time Sometimes 
we face challenges and we get caught up in the fact that we don't believe we have enough. But God told Gideon, I'm with you. And as long as I'm with you, you always have enough. Because I'm God and I'm with you. Thank you for listening. 